This is the five-minute focus for September 29, 2022. And this is a podcast host who's never had an interview like this. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. The five-minute focus is a sampling of what's upcoming. It's a get-together of the podcast family, and I'll share what's on my mind and what we've worked on for you. It is a great opportunity for you to use the share button on your podcast app. It's there. And share it with friends. I'm going to do this in reverse order. I've never had an interview like I did today, but I'm going to start with hour two. The Mockingbirds and the EU and others are absolutely panicked about the choice that the citizens of Italy made in the formation of this new government, of this new what's a coalition government. And right off the bat, we get the labeling from CBS News tells us exactly what to think of this woman who's likely to be prime minister. Voters in Italy tomorrow appear poised to make a hard right turn. The woman expected to become prime minister leads a party with roots in neo-fascism. Chris Livesay is in Rome. Yes, so they're telling us right off the bat what to think of Giorgia Maloney. And they did a two-minute piece about her fascists, uh, fascist... Fascist. Now, they didn't say what was or what were her fascist ideas other than, and I don't want to freak you out, God, country, family. She actually said those words. But after a two-minute piece, they said... Now it's a historic election, also because Georgia Maloney would be Italy's first ever female prime minister. An important glass ceiling, but one that's been overshadowed by her politics. After, Chris Lipsey, CBS News. Rome. After CBS News overshadows the historic significance in their eyes of this election with her politics, then they say, oh, it's been overshadowed. The unelected paper bully technocrat who runs the EU says they have tools to deal with dissident citizen groups voting the wrong way. They're trying to deal with Hungary. Uh, Hungary wants nothing to do with globalism. We'll see if things uh, go in a difficult direction. I've spoken about Hungary and Poland. We have tools. If things go in the right direction and people as a body that is always, um, where always governments have to be accountable to play an important role. Yeah, so the tools they have at the EU is to punish voters unelected people punishing voters. So my question about all this is to the party. Do you guys understand what comes after populism? Do you understand that? When dudes get into a chest bumping contest, do you know what comes after the third shove? Do you know what always comes after the third shove? Do you know what always comes after when you tell a guy three times, don't, Touch my wife. Do they get this? 
because the voters in America do. They still do. Hillary believes that it's vital to deceive the people by having one public policy and a totally different policy in private. Yeah, and she wrote that in an email. President Trump was quoting Hillary Clinton at that event. So we'll talk about what comes after populism, which is going to be part of a series. Now, in hour one, I sat down today for an interview with a gentleman I've wanted to talk with for a long time. He has been calling out the COVID deaths because he's in a position to know. He is a funeral director, and I experienced him as an absolutely committed and loving man. I cannot believe where this interview went. He shared the story of the first time the media came knocking on his door. The BBC, anyway, they arranged to come in and do an interview, and they got me to dress up in PPE. And it's really strange because I've done many interviews. I've never done an, an interview before COVID, really, that I could ever remember doing. And this interview is very strange on reflection. At the time, it was the first one I'd ever done. And they spent about 40 minutes telling me the questions they were going to ask me and briefing me word for word for the exact answer. He went on to say that he regrets that bitterly, that he was involved in that because he feels he helped spread the, uh, the, the panic porn. And sadly, he did. But it didn't take long for him to begin speaking out. He's been involved now in meetings with some of the most powerful people in all of Great Britain. Let me tell you about who was at that meeting. The, 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 the group of anti-vaxxers consisted of Dr. Mike Yeadon, the former CEO of Pfizer, Dr. Um, Tess Laurie, Dr. Sukarit Bhakti, Dr. Stephen Frost, um, Professor Dolores Cahill. You know, these are not a group of conspiracy theorists. These are people, uh, Peter McCulloch. You know, the, these are people who have actually built very prestigious and eminent careers and advised governments on the back of vaccines. Yep. So, so um, you know, so we all had 10 minutes with a guy called Sir Graham Brady. Now, Sir Graham is the commissioner of the 1922 committee. He's a very, he's the most powerful politician in the UK. He basically said that he was above his pay grade. He was powerless to do anything and he would do what he could, but he couldn't promise anything and nothing's happened. You know, they've gone on to poison children. So I, we all had 10 minutes in our respective fields, me as an undertaker, and I told him exactly what I thought uh, and what was happening, you know, and the death in these youngsters. And his face was ashen. He knew. He knew that what we were saying was true because his body language betrayed it. Now, I've been covering this, as you know, from the very beginning. And I was one of the first people to talk with the doctors and scientists behind the Great Barrington Declaration. And we're now seeing the reverse cover-up, and John O'Looney, he's, he's at that last stage. People have succumbed to the injections. Yes, the injections. John O'Looney is the only guy I know who started telling the tale of these things that look like blood clots. Uh, you'll read in the show notes about what they actually are. So this young boy passed away suddenly. The coroner was forced to do a post-mortem because he was found dead at home at the age of 30. The family then asked us to embalm him. So we started embalming process. And as we looked in his arteries to put the pump nozzle in, we can't get the nozzle in there because of the, he's, all his arteries are all blocked up. So my embalmer gets a pair of tweezers and he pulls at this obstruction and he pulls and he pulls. 18 inches long, white. The it touches like calamari. 
And there's a scientific paper that details the mechanism how this is happening to people. Oh, and why? Why is this going on? They're all benefiting. So um, medics, if they get managed to persuade someone they needed ventilation, get them on ventilation, there's a payment. If every positive COVID test they got, there's a, a payment. Every COVID death they got, there's a payment. And they're big payments as well. You know, when you're like, what don't people see? And what these people have done, I mean, I've had doctors and nurses reach out to me in numbers. You wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe. Yeah. Dozens and dozens. Doctors crying, standing, crying down the phone. Uh, I'm going to air this interview in a way that I've never done. It's, it's going to be completely unbroken, but I'm going to begin it at the very beginning. In other words, I'm going to go back to the swindle because it's so important that we see the comparison. That's actually the nine-minute focus for today. Twice as much as I promised. Hey, double your money. Now, please, go be well, be strong, be kind. And that's nine minutes of podcasting. How about 27 minutes of prayer today? And again, it doesn't need to be all at once. It can just be a simple thing like, Lord, thank you for getting me home safe. It all adds up.